Judging Book Covers, your bi-weekly book club podcast where we're going through Book Riot's 2021 Read Harder Challenge. I'm Stephanie Cortez, and as always, I have my amazingly wonderful co-host here with me, Megan Griffin. Megan, how are you today? I am good. How are you? Doing well. Enjoying that the weather's getting nicer up here. Might have a vaccine on the horizon. (laughs) Things are good. (laughs) There is... I don't know... Let me rephrase. Living up north, spring came very late and was like very quick. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember a ton of yellow. As we're down here, like I don't walk outside much because it's very yellow. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, like yesterday was seventy. I think today it's going to be in the fifties. Yesterday was in the seventies, but it feels okay. like we might actually get a decent spring before summer comes. Knock nice. on wood. Hopefully, I didn't just jinx us up here and it's gonna go back to being freezing until it's just suddenly <laughs> hot which could easily happen but <laughs> oh it's supposed to hit 81 by tuesday good god i'm not ready for that i need no. i need a spring yeah. <laughs> i need a spring <laughs> my uh roommate came home um he works until roughly about three and came home and like sent me a text i was like hey i'm gonna eat outside it's really nice and i was like that's great i was like i'm a little swamped with work i'm not gonna join you but like have fun then he came upstairs and ended up taking a nap on our porch. And all I could think of was, you are laying in so much pollen. I'm so jealous. <laughs> because right. it really was nice. Yeah. And, like, I am all for sitting outside. But I have to take so much allergy medication. Yeah. And I'm just, like, staring. And I'm just like, this is not fair. <laughs> you are passed out on our porch. Comfortably. Yes. <laughs> like, blanket wrapped up. It was great. It was yeah. great. I feel like my allergies get worse every spring. Yes. And uh, maybe that's why I've been sneezy and it's not the cat today. It, I don't know. That is going to be a combination. It, probably. No. I have been debating starting to take low-dose steroid just to kind of calm everything, but yeah. we shall see. But yeah. yeah, it is definitely warmer. Yes. Good time to start walking with audiobooks again. Yes. (laughs) That is a good plan. Yes. So before we get into what we read this week for the challenge, what did you read that was not for the challenge? I don't remember what you said you were going to (laughs) read. I honestly don't remember what I said I was going to read either. Um, What I did read was I finished up the Iron Druid series that both Tim and I talked briefly about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finished up that, and I read the next Diviner book, mm. and then I read a book called uh, Cobble Hill by the woman who wrote Gossip Girl. Okay. And uh, I'd got an advanced copy of this, and I don't know why I thought this was a good idea, because I don't actually like the Gossip Girl books. I don't think they're well written, despite loving the show. Mm-hmm. So this entire book, Cobble Hill is a neighborhood in Brooklyn, which is Honestly, probably why I did it. I just miss Brooklyn. Yeah. But it felt like an entire, like, I don't know what the plot was, but it just <laughs> felt like a combination of a bunch of white, rich people coming in and kind of ruining a neighborhood. Like, I don't think that that was the intentional vibe, Ooh. but it was <laughs> like a bunch of older white people. And I say older, there is a good chance they were just like late 30s, early 40s. And I'm like still just <laughs> not quite ready to embrace that I'm close to that. But mm-hmm. like all they do is like flirt with each other's husbands and wives and mm-hmm. then like smoke a lot of weed. 
which is oh, not okay. legal in Brooklyn. Not, not to be like, yet. no, not to be like straight edge, but like the amount of weed that they smoke and how open they're about it. I'm just like, can we at least make it seem like it's a little hard to get weed in Brooklyn? Because it kind of is. <laughs> or I just make didn't know that. the right people. Or yeah. As you say, make that part a little bit more realistic. Yeah. Of where do I go for this? Yeah. Can I get some notes? Because like, <laughs> damn. What about you? What did you read? So I remember I was debating between finishing Honey Girl or going on to the next of the Diviner series, but I wasn't sure if George and I were going to do the first book on audio together and then go on to it. So we still haven't started it, but I did finish Honey Girl by um, Morgan Rogers. It was so good. Good. I'm glad to hear. (laughs) Do you remember what it was about? I do. It's basically a drunken night in Las Vegas, wake up married to someone. Yes. She wakes up married. She, she's our main character grace is very much like her dad's in the military and she calls him colonel so that should tell you the upbringing yes. right there doesn't call him dad she is very much like i have to be perfect i have to do all of the right things um you know just got, she has a doctorate she found, she went her dad wanted her to do medicine but she didn't she went into astronomy and now she's done but she hasn't gotten a job so she's just like because she's also a woman of color like she's I guess it's, it's yeah it so she's facing the realities of like she busted her ass for several years right. microaggressions left and right because she's in a field that doesn't really have a lot of people of color um and now she's trying to get out into the job market her, she has an interview that her mentor set up for her that basically should have been hers, but the microaggressions and of like something I can't remember. They asked her something about because she was on like I don't remember the exact name of the panel or the group that she was involved in, but it was something like Black women or Black people in astronomy, just to be generic about it. And they they felt that that might cause division, you know, and so they were concerned about that. <sighs> so she's got a lot going on. And, you know, she's been trying to live up to her dad's expectations of her. And so she goes to Vegas with some friends and then she wakes up in the morning and she's married. She's married a woman and she doesn't fully remember because there was a lot of alcohol involved. Um, Her wife, Yuki, lives across the country um, in New York. Yeah. Whereas she, Grace, lives in Portland. Um, I loved it because, A, I really felt really identified with the pressure that a black parent can put on their children to do and be the best. I felt that very much in my soul. Some of the conversations with her dad, (laughs) not to the extreme, I will say sure as her dad, sure as the pressure she felt. But I was like, this feels real. Um, The fact that she is a queer character, she's married to a woman and she, and also because she has queer friends, she's not like, sometimes it feels like when writers they're talking about like a straight person. They have like one yes. queer friend. It almost feels a little like, ah, oh, gotta have diversity. Gotta yes. add this person. Whereas this was just, she's surrounded by queer friends and like the, her family outside of her like blood family. And I just, I loved that so much. That's I really cool. Loved it so much. So wonderfully written, like her mom <laughs> lives in Florida and like on like an orange grove. And that's like, that's her business. And it was just, that was, I just love that touch. Maybe really want oranges. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, mimosas and fresh squeezed orange juice, but very lovely. Highly recommend. It was a lot of fun. That sounds really cool. Yeah. While also dealing with 
some serious issues of pressure and depression depression and anxiety you know yeah. real life stuff yeah um but yeah really had a lot of fun with that one I do feel that I agree that there's like a thin line between representation and um, diversity. Mm -hmm. And I, I will say this. I tend to feel it's more shoehorned when it's a white author. Like, yeah, hundred percent. So I, I I get that. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I own this book as well. I cannot wait to read it. Yeah. And it's not really, it's, it's kind of reminded me of Schitt's Creek where I like, they go to that small town and you're kind of waiting for the homie, home, the homie, the homophobia to pop up. And I was a little worried. I was like, oh, how does her dad feel about her being gay? Like, I was a little worried, but yeah. there wasn't any of that. Oh, good. Okay. That, so, that helps yeah. a lot. There was like one part where I thought there might have been a little bit of tension, but it's not fully explored. Yeah. So I, my take on it, unless I was reading too fast, was just that her parents were cool with it. Like, they didn't care. You know, didn't give her a hard time. Good. I'm glad because I, we are past the point. Like that should not be a plot point. Yeah. If I missed it when you're reading it, if I missed it, let me know. I shall. I (laughs) shall. Yeah. 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 Also good tie into Schitt's Creek, which I think just won a bunch of awards. So yay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So our challenge for this week was to read a fanfic and... I've never read a fanfic. Megan, have you read any I've read fanfics? so much fanfic in my life. I can't believe someone who loves media and fandoms yeah. as much as you do has never dabbled in fanfic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I have not. I can't. And also reading it, I was like, how have I never written fanfic? I like <laughs> genuinely, I don't like I can tell you when I started reading fanfic, what fandom it was. And like, I, but it has been something that I've had in my life in one way or another for as long as I can remember. What was the fandom? Like, what was your intro into fanfic? So, actually reading fanfic um, Mm -hmm. was Dream Street, a band from early aughts. Jesse McCartney. I don't know. (gasps) Jesse McCartney! (laughs) (laughs) And, like, reading those, what would be Wattpad stories now of, like, going to the concert and he sees you from across the stage. I oh don't know God. why this. I, I think it is because, like, the other bands, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, mm-hmm. things like that, were very clearly older than me, while Dream Street mm-hmm. was roughly the same age. Gotcha. So I could really get into that. Mm-hmm. But even before that, like, I didn't read Animorphs fanfic, but, like, definitely was playing Animorphs on the playground and, like, would pass the time or, like, like, my fantasy world revolved around that, like okay. being on the run from aliens. So, I mean, there are probably fanfic that I wrote somewhere in existence of Animorphs, but like I actively remember joining fanfic groups, finding fanfic because of Dream Streets. So, wait, Dream Street was a group that Jesse McCartney was in? Yes. Before he went solo? Yes. After? During? No, this was before he went okay. solo. Um, Because I remember him from, there was some show, I think, on the WB slash CW. Yes. I don't remember what it was called. It was before that. With Aunt Becky. Yep. I think. Yep. She adopts her something. Something. And he was on that. And then I also remember his song, Leaving, which I love to this day. (laughs) I still love his music. Um, I feel like he also wrote Bleeding Love for Leona. Leona? I feel like that is correct. Yeah. 
Uh, he was on All My Children at one point. Oh, okay. Way back in, I think, the late 90s, early 2000s. And Dream Street had, like, a commercial. Mm-hmm. And, like, I remember the dance of the song. I'm not going to sing it because I can't sing. <laughs> but it was very, very, like, Aaron Carter boy band-esque. So um, I will send you some of those songs. But yeah, (laughs) like it was, and it was innocent fanfic. It was not like, I didn't dive into, um, because a lot of fanfic is a lot of people expressing sexual desires or like sexual awakening without, like in a healthy manner, in my opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. That was not what these were. These like at best. These are babies. I've looked them up. They're babies. (laughs) These are children. Most. (laughs) Was like ended with a kiss on a cheek kind of thing. Aww. <laughs> um, I do know I that, that I read Fifty Shades. I started the Fifty Shades of Grey as a fanfic oh. and like read the first chapter and was like, in so many ways, this is not for me. Okay. So I I forgot that. At the time, I knew Fifty Shades started as a fanfic mm-hmm. and then got turned. The actual novels are out. Right. Maybe that's why I didn't explore. Because, like, I read Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's the only series I've never finished because I fucking hated it so so much and wanted to rip the book in half. Like, I hated it (laughs) so Um, much. (laughs) Do you know who Cassandra Clare is? The um, Mortal Instruments series? I don't think so. Um, There was, like, a TV show on ABC Family for a while. Um, I Mm -hmm. think there was a movie. Anyways, this, that series started as a, I want to say Ron and Jenny Ooh. fanfic. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely read some Twilight. I uh, read a ton of Harry Potter fanfic, wrote a ton mm-hmm. of Harry Potter fanfic. Um, read Divergent was also another one that I did okay. because of how that series ends. Um. At the time, like the first time I read it, I didn't like the ending. I have grown to appreciate the ending. Okay. But I wanted alternate endings. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I yeah, I fucking love fanfic. There's like, I remember <laughs> there was this fanfic that started, I want to say like during the third or fourth Harry Potter. Okay. Because I remember when the fifth one came out because... In this fanfic, Hagrid died. Ooh, Sirius okay. lived. And Remus lived. Okay. And I remember when the fifth one came out because there was like a, co- a note that was like, we just finished the fifth Harry Potter and we can't stop crying. Here's a serious chapter. And I just mean like, I feel this. Because <laughs> I, I read it post book five. But it basically was um, a different ending to Harry Potter and that they like how they killed Voldemort was basically kind of like in Buffy how they killed I think it was Adam where they she took the good parts of her friends yes. to build herself up similar vibe for Harry yes. and that's how he destroyed Voldemort and then the fanfic was about like what do you do after you have killed the big bad yeah and like dealing with dementors and mm-hmm. other things like that. So that that I think is like two hundred fifty thousand words. It is still my favorite thing. So when you were like, "What's the word count?" I was like, "I mean, if the fanfic is good, it doesn't matter." <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. So yeah, I I do like 
the fandom we decided to go with. We decided to go with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yes. a world that both of us know very well. Yes. Um, I do appreciate that this was my intro to fanfic, <laughs> was a Buffy-related um, fanfic, and the one that we chose. So we chose Even Death is a Shadow of Forgetting by Red Cheek Days on Archive of Our Own. Will be a link in the show notes and on yes. social media. What caught my eye about this one was the summary, which is, it's a retelling of Buffy the Vampire Slayer season six, wherein someone bothers to tell Faith that Buffy died. (laughs) That made me laugh. Made me laugh as well. And I was like, yeah, why wouldn't, I know she was in jail, but like, if the Slayer is dead. Yeah, she is the last Slayer then. Right. We need her to come, maybe come do a job. Yeah. So... You picked the, the, you, you were the one I was like, go on, see what you Mm -hmm. can find. Did you search any pairings? Did you search or did you just pull up Buffy and was like, all right. I pulled up Buffy and then I sorted by the number of kudos that they had. But then there were so many, there were so many Teen Wolf crossovers. I was like, I don't fucking know who Styles is. And I'm sorry, but right now I don't care because I don't know. So I can't do this. It's not going to make any sense to me. There was also some, um... Some interesting Avengers looking ones. A lot of mentions of Tony Stark. So I was like, hmm, maybe I'll check that out later. <laughs> I personally love a good crossover. Like yeah. if, if you can, um, there's like a supernatural Doctor Who crossover. Oh God. That I think about occasionally because of how much I loved it. Okay. Just, okay. just I... like Dean starts dating the daughter of um, Rose and number 10. They got put into the alternate universe. And I was like, that's really cool. I like mm. this. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like I, I can totally see how crossovers were, would be fun. I thought maybe for my first foray, I should like go straight just yes. Buffy. Yes. And then can branch out from there. <laughs> um, I did not rewatch any of season six in preparation for this. <laughs> Me neither. And I'm glad because yeah. season six is rough. It is. It is. And I don't think we needed to. I think... Yeah. It was not neat. If you know the show, I don't think you need to do any rewatching because the way they write this, it's like almost ep- it's like episode by episode Faith's interactions. And there's enough mentions of the things that happen in the episode. So, you know, where you are in the season. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked yeah. um, how this was done. It's it's not you're right. It, it feels like someone was just kind of being like, I'm summarizing the show. And then removing that summary and just having Faith's parts. Right. Right. Um, basically, we pick up with Wesley going. Like she First, she has a dream, which is really a vision, of Buffy dying. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't fully know it, but she knows someone has died. And then Wesley comes to tell her and says that they need her. And she busts out of jail the way she does eventually in Angel when right. she busts out of there in, um, I think, two seasons later essentially from no one season from where it would be one season because she comes to Buffy season seven yes she does because she busts out she busts out before that too because I feel like there was an episode where she helps Angel and then goes back to jail Mm. but I could be making that up or it could have been a college no she she so on Buffy season college season when she wakes up and does her thing and then she turns yes. into Buffy and that whole thing, she runs off to L.A., tortures That's Wesley. It. Buffy goes to find her. Her and Angel fight. Faith gives in, goes to jail. Right. And that's when Angel comes back. And there's that fun little interaction of him and Riley. 
um, right, on right. Buffy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then Faith's in jail. She's in jail. And then in, so season, f- so it's not, it's not season six. God damn it. I don't know Angel well enough to, to be able to line it up I th- anyways. I think it's season, the end of season two, I believe is the one for the one where Buffy would have died because he leaves and goes to LA her first year of college. Yes. So All of right. this it happens for a sec. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So she comes back in season, I think, four. Okay. Yes. She busts out of jail in season four of Angel because he has turned into Angelus. That is right. Yes. That is right. And uh, they can't find his soul to restore. And so she helps with that. And then she goes to Buffy, which is in the middle of season seven. Right. And helps from and stays from there. Yeah, but she busts out basically the same way by telling Wesley to move away from the glass, and then she just jumps through it. So yeah. she could have ju- she could have left jail at any point. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. That is discussed in this as well. Is like mm-hmm. she actively knows that she has chosen to stay in jail because it is the right yes. thing to do. Yeah, and it's not necessarily like I I really enjoyed this. Um, I like that faith. I wanted more. I wanted deeper. Like this could have been heavier on the angst and the. Mm-hmm. Face feelings. In, in some ways, this was like a very surface. Like it, it did feel like I'm just rewriting these episodes to add these scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Faith didn't do this. She didn't stay in jail, knowing that it would make Buffy feel better or happy or like to win Buffy's favor. Mm-hmm. She did it because she knew it was the right thing. Right, and that she needed to do it. She needed to atone for the things that she did. Right when she was on the dark side so to speak and this was her atonement and that she was what was keeping she was keeping herself there because she really she could have left yeah any point um i know that one thing that's always kind of bugged me about buffy season six is when they resurrect her they don't think where is she going to appear yes and they didn't prepare properly. And so Buffy just, she comes back in her body, in her casket, six feet underground and has to claw her way out. So I know in this, in this, uh, the fanfic that we have, Faith doesn't agree with them trying to bring her back. She has this just kind of innate sense that Buffy is happy wherever she is. Mm-hmm. Um, so not in hell. And she gets like a quick vision of Buffy waking up and she's the one. So she's the one how they realize and they're able to dig her out. Yeah. Um, but like, so I like that. It fixed that for me. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I was like, y'all didn't think this through. <laughs> there's a lot of, of season six is really rough because it is just like a lesson of depression, I guess. And like yeah. how isolating it can be and how much. Mm-hmm communication is essential and Mm -hmm. like everybody has their own baggage and the author fit faith in in a way that kind of helped solve a lot of the things that went wrong Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like a a fix-all it was because faith understands right like dawn my favorite thing was her faith's interactions with dawn when in Buffy season seven in the show, when Faith shows up to help, 
Dawn is really like, oh, okay, so we got, like, she says something about, she calls her something about the, you know, try to kill your sister types or something. So she's clearly, like, not cool with Faith being there. We right. see that here. But, um, and Faith respects that. She understands it. Like, we yeah. get to know that Faith understands where Dawn's coming from. Um, but she pays attention to Dawn. Like, she, not that, no, not that they aren't, but, like, they don't. the beginning. They don't. They don't. Like. <sighs> they don't. They're all Not enough. But, and to be fair, these kids, like. Buffy, Xander, and Willow are at the most twenty-two, right? In mm. season six, maybe twenty-three. I, I don't think so. You think like twenty? She dies in a, at the end of her second season of college. True. Okay. So, so she's 20. at most twenty, maybe twenty-one. Yeah. Maybe that's pushing it. Which, like, I, they, losing Buffy's mom and Giles mm-hmm. leaving. Yeah. These are. Call these are people that have not they haven't they're not mature enough they're not ready to handle their own problems and right. Willow has an addiction issue mm-hmm. and you know Buffy is dealing with severe anxiety and depression and like mm-hmm. yeah realistically Dawn should have gone to live with her dad yeah like an adult who will pay attention yes. maybe get her some therapy for the losses that she's yes. had because Faith immediately can tell that she is like kind of latched on to Willow and Tara mm-hmm. and then they're they're having another meeting without her it's basically a meeting discussing reviving Buffy yes and Faith can hear the desperation that she wants them to stay home with her she needs these like she needs support she needs them but they're very wrapped up and like Tara picks up on it too a little bit because she does promise that they're gonna have like a movie night or whatever yes but like they're very wrapped up in bringing Buffy back and then it's like once Buffy's back, no one's really paying attention to Dawn and keeping her. No, because they expect Buffy just to do it. Buffy, who came back from heaven? Yes. <laughs> like it's still every time I rewatch, like the first time watching it, I understood Giles leaving. I actually am actively pissed about it. Like I understand the actor wanting to yeah. leave the show, totally mm-hmm. valid and everything there. But Dawn gets so fucked over and all it does is just make people hate her. Like, yeah. the number of times that I've rewatched this and the more that I have actually become to appreciate Dawn, mm-hmm. is, it makes me a little sad. Because, like, I don't yeah. want to like Dawn. That's been, like, the number of times I've watched it, suddenly I like Xander. No. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> that The thing of ha- that happened was you didn't mind Xander when the show maybe first aired. Exactly. And now you're like, fuck this guy. Um because it's like Tara tries to be there for Dawn in the show, even yes. after she and Willow break up. But she's she's not living at the house anymore. She can't be there for her all the time and isn't there for her all the time. Like, it's, okay, the, it's the not biggest fair telling to her to like that. It's not fair to put that on her anyways. <laughs> right. Right. The biggest thing is to me with Dawn was like, by the time we get to the Buffy's birthday episode where they get trapped in the house because Dawn makes a wish unknowingly to a vengeance demon who locks them in together. That doesn't happen because Dawn doesn't feel as lonely as she did in this, in the fanfic as she did in the show. And that's because of faith because faith pays attention to her. She's like, yeah, let's do the boxing together. Like let's work. Like she's doing like stuff with her actively. And she's also, she gives Buffy too the opportunity. Like, She's doing Slayer stuff, too, so that Buffy has the opportunity to be yes. home with her. Which is what Buffy kind of needs, even if she doesn't realize it. There yeah. are a few, like, key episodes that I feel could have been explored. Like, um, 
season six is the one where Buffy might be in a mental institution. That's never addressed. But I oh shit, you're right. Um, I also can understand from because the standpoint because faith, faith kills that demon. Yes, right. She kills the demon that would have done it. <laughs> yes, and like Riley comes back in season six because that's when we find out he's married. <gasps> yeah, because Buffy's working at Double Meat Palace. Yes. And the, oh. It's a brilliant idea that they should get paid. I loved that conversation between her and Buffy because Buffy's like, yeah, they probably didn't think that through because we usually don't reach this age where right. we would need to support ourselves. Exactly. Very practical. It is. Very and, and practical. Even like, hey, didn't your mom own a gallery? Like, can't we do something with that? Like, I really like mm-hmm. this idea of Faith being this voice of reason because she's had to scramble. Yes. Because of her life experiences. Yeah. And also, she picks up on Don stealing. Yes. Immediately. Like, no one else manages to make the connection when uh, Buffy opens her birthday present and the security tag is still on. Faith immediately is like, well, we're going to have to have a little chat with little sis tonight yeah. <laughs> about this. Um, oh, but you're right. I forgot they did not explore certain things. Yes. And I also because. like that where this ends is before Dark Willow really takes off and before the attempted rape. Um, I think it ends after Dark Willow. It kind of gets glossed over. It does. Like, there's some things about it where, and like, to be fair to the author, they were like, at this point, it's established. Like, their relationship is established enough. Like, I mm-hmm. hope you can understand that Faith would have helped her with whatever she needed. Yeah. Because there's a mention of... Of after Willow collapses and doesn't do the thing she was going to do. Faith is with Buffy and Dawn in the ground, basically, where Willow sends them. Yes. And they climb out together. It's just kind of glossed over the big big parts of it. I was a little worried, but I didn't think... I was a little concerned. So, um, we have our musical episode and Faith is like, I am not fucking singing. Yes. (laughs) I Which, love that. that a little bit. I, I liked it, but also I I liked that she was like, mm, I don't want to sing to Buffy. But I feel yeah. like Faith should have sang before because it wasn't like a, I don't she like that she was able to, to shrug it off. Yeah. I mean, it fits with her personality, True. which is why I love the resistance to it. And that when she finally does sing at the very end, it kind of comes bursting out of her because she couldn't yes. hold it in. Um. But her and Spike have that interaction where he's like, yeah, you and I, Faith, are like the dark and Buffy needs that. And basically, I think that's when she threatens him and tells him to leave town. Yes. And so then he's gone. He's not in the rest of this version of the season. I was a little worried that they were going to still take it to like super dark place with Faith. And I like that they didn't. That it wasn't like it was not the Buffy-Spike relationship. I'm glad too because. Darkness. That's. No, this is so much more of just like a hey let's talk about how we could have made this season a little bit healthier and no attempted rape because Spike's not there and Faith doesn't do that no no and like because Faith is is very much I also just like any fanfic where Buffy and Faith are exploring what they feel about each other I feel like is Mm -hmm. a good kick in the face to Joss Whedon who was adamant about how there are no bisexual vibes between the two of them, and you cannot watch that season um, and not there, feel all the bisexual vibes. 
there are a and there's a there's a ton more faith sent faith and buffy fanfics that i saw when i was searching oh, yeah. yeah that uh, were clearly you know yeah like yeah. <laughs> there were so many people that like faith and buffy was a bit of an awakening and for joss we didn't i mean <laughs> psa we all agree joss we is a piece of shit and has been yeah. for a long time and it's mm-hmm. one of the things that starts that is the fact that he was so adamant that like buffy is straight but then in the comics, which he co-wrote, she hooks up with a woman. Yep. I'd... So, I mean, if you wanted to do the whole retcon thing, you could say, so yes, yes. her and Faith, oh. that was an awakening for yeah. her. And now in the comics, we get to explore that. But Yeah, I don't think that, like, <sighs> Faith represented not necessarily the dark side. I don't like that. Freedom. Buffy mm-hmm. is very restrained in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it is due to her upbringing and wanting to mm-hmm. please people. And yeah. Faith is the wild side of that. She is. And they it does, work. They, it does make Buffy a little bit of a better slayer, though. It does. I will agree. In terms of, like... So, like, um, it's that episode, Doppelgangland, where we get um, the vampire version of Willow comes to the current reality, the actual reality. And Buffy almost stakes her from behind. The timing of Willow yelling Buffy no is the same as Faith te- or Buffy yelling Faith no when right. Faith accidentally stabs the uh, deputy mayor. Is that who it was? The, that, the mayor's Whoever it was guy. that was human. Whoever yeah. it was, that guy. Um, and Buffy's able to stop in time, whereas Faith was not. Right. And there's other little things, too, where it's like, all right, F- Buffy, like, she's a little bit of a better slayer. Yes. And I think some of that is her restraint and her upbringing. But, like, that doesn't make Faith bad. Yes, Faith did go bad. Right. <laughs> you know, with her actions after she accidentally killed that guy. Um, but it didn't automatically make her yeah. bad. You know? I need to catch up. I know I say this all the time. I need to catch up on the current comic because I think Faith just made her first appearance in it. Oh. But also, um, the Mid-Slayer. Hmm. Um, the, the one who died, the, the woman that has been playing teens for like 40 years. Um, oh, um, Kendra? Yes, Kendra. Bianca Kendra's still, Lawson? Bianca, yes. Uh, yeah. Kendra's still alive in the comics. So I am very curious oh, to see all three nice. of them interacting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just... I think that who the writer of this understood the way to make... Buffy's depression less or more conquerable. I don't know. That's not quite what I'm trying to say, but like Buffy's still in her feels. She's still having to come to terms with things, Mm -hmm. but there's so many more healthy triggers in this of like, Mm -hmm. Hey, instead of like repurposing the gallery, whatever happened to the gallery? No Mm. idea. Yeah. You know, um, faith doesn't, if Buffy had said no or whatever, Faith would have let her be because she's so used to pining after Buffy that, like, it wouldn't have been a problem. Or, yeah, that's not the quite word. She wouldn't have turned into Spike. She's not evil. Yeah. And um, I just, I, I love the scene where Buffy's like, yeah, I think I should go work at the double meat patty. And she's like, no, shut up. Yeah. And because Faith kind of solved that practice, practice, 
the practical problems of I need money, why shouldn't the Watchers Council? She's literally yes. doing a job for them every single day of her life. Exactly. It's consuming her life. So, yeah, maybe now that they're at the age where they need to support themselves, you should probably help them out. You've clearly got money. Exactly. And there's literally, you have two employees. You have two employees, Faith and Buffy. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's not that hard. Um, right. I also liked how, like what you, when you were talking about how it made Buffy's depression more like deal withable for her, I think yeah. might be the best way to <laughs> say it. It, you get it on the show. People are like walking on eggshells with her after they find out that she was actually in heaven. Mm-hmm. And Faith, it like doesn't treat her with kid gloves. Like she's not walking on eggshells around her, but she's not being mean about it either. The way right. Spike was like, "Oh, I can hit you now because you came back wrong." That whole thing. Um, I think Buffy needed that to be grounded in reality in that sense, and Faith was the best one to do it. Yeah, Spike definitely wanted her to stay in the dark, like, yeah, to stay in that emotional pit because that's how he was getting her. Able. Right. As where Faith, even, like, the whole, um, the episode where she's invisible and, like, mm-hmm. I remember, like, <laughs> the age I was when that came out, I was like, oh, my God, what just happened? <laughs> that's, I need to process this. But yeah. Faith in here is just, like, Something's wrong, and I'm not yeah. going to take advantage of that. Yeah. And I mean, because I think... It's so good. Does Spike say something about, in the show, like, about how you're only here because no one can see you? Something like that, yeah. But, but I think still... She, she, like, gives him head or something, because I remember him looking down and yeah. being like, that's not fair. Yeah. But he's, and he goes along with it, whereas Faith yes. is like, we are not going to do this. Yes. <laughs> something is wrong. Something's going on. <laughs> Um, I don't love the interaction between Faith and Willow. I feel like that could have been mm. developed better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it just, it's like a blatant hate, which I get. Yeah. But it's not true to Willow's character. Willow is very cocky and very, and like knows how strong she is in this, but mm-hmm. she's still Willow. Yeah. I think like... I also think with where Willow is with her power at this point, she, um, I think she would have approached Faith the way when Faith first comes, like, what are you doing here? Can we trust you? Definitely would have had those types of, you know, concerns, which are valid. But there's definitely (laughs) a line where Willow's like, I forgot you were in town and was better off for it or something. And I was like, that... Does I can't, that feel so yeah. out of character? Yeah. It was def oh, when was it? It was she was lashing she was clearly lashing out. It was either when Giles was preparing to leave or Yeah, I think it was. They, it was when Giles had announced that he was leaving again. They were arguing about something. Yeah. And um that's when she's or was it when was it in the musical episode? It might have been that. After it might have been that when she when Buffy storms out to go help Dawn because Giles says no you need to go by yourself. Right. And that's when Dawn comes in. Or maybe not. That entire maybe. season just wouldn't fly in 2021. Mm-mm. It would have, like, their frustrations with how Buffy is are valid. I'm not trying to negate that. But it is handled so poorly all around. Yes. You ripped her out of heaven 
and you want her to be grateful because like okay fine if you felt that you ripped her out of hell okay no even if they thought that they ripped they took her out of hell and saved her i think they would still need to be understanding of the things she experienced because well let's go back to when angel came back from hell he was like a feral animal for a while right it took him a while to get back to normal same thing you'd expect from her she went through some shit then you find out actually she was safe and warm and happy and she was done and you took her away from that you took her away from heaven and depending on what your belief is of heaven maybe she was with her mom like took her yeah (laughs) you should a feel guilty (laughs) and b you can't expect someone to respond and just bounce back yes and handle everything emotionally you know very maturely be responsible for their little sister like you can't expect all of these things from them at once right and they totally do they just like they don't really want to deal with it they don't at all like and their their guilt their part in it season six is just i feel like it's necessary to watch Mm -hmm. but if someone tells me like i watched it one time i'm never doing it again I am. Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. You could always go back and just, I'm a sucker for a musical. So let's just go back and watch the musical episode and call it a day. I love the musical episode. Yeah. Uh, I occasionally like to watch the Riley one just to get the wrap up of Riley. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's one more in that season that I really like, but I'm totally blanking on. But yeah, for the most part, finish five, start seven. Yeah. I'm good. It's difficult to, I like normal again, the one where she is in the mental institution and they're trying to convince her. Yes. I like that play on it. We There's an episode like that of agents of shield mm-hmm. that I just watched with George. Um, the, I was, and I was explaining it to him and I was saying how the difference is that episode, I believe ends with the shot at the asylum, yes. not in Sunnydale. And it's, it's, a, it's very unsettling. It is so unsettling. <laughs> and like the number of times, because every time I watch it, I have to like find and confirm for myself again that Sunnydale is the real world. And mm-hmm. like Joss Whedon is so flippant about it. He's like, of course Sunnydale is the real world. Like, why would you think otherwise? Because you end on that shot. Yeah, if you didn't end on that shot, people wouldn't think that. But because you end on a shot of the doctor examining a catatonic Buffy yes. and him telling the parents, I'm sorry, we lost her in a fade out from there. What are we supposed to think? Exactly. I thought that, I thought that's what they were going for to really Same. get the viewer to like question it. And so good job on that. But now you're saying that he's like, if Joss has that response and it's like, well, I, you accidentally least, did yeah. something interesting here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I don't know. I don't, yeah, he was not a hundred percent successful in whatever he wanted to pull off because yeah, like it took a long time for that episode. And the there's an episode of Friends where mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you watch Friends, but um, mm-hmm. Chandler and Joey are babysitting Ben. They take him on the bus. Yes, he gets left on the bus. We yep. never get confirmation if they brought the right kid home. Yeah, that was just on TV within the last couple of weeks, and I had that thought of. Is it the right kid? I, I'm, I'm going to go with Ross would know the face of his child because he sees this. Not every day, right. but he sees the child enough. Um, or at the very least. He would know. Yes. The moms yes. would find out and know. And, like, I guess right. the implication is because the baby cries with Monica. Yeah. That it is. But that also, like, that's not enough for me. That's not a tell. No. Babies cry for their own damn parents. Yes. Like, when their parents are holding them. Like, so I've just gone with. Ross would have known upon sight that that was not his yeah. child. 
Oh, and if somehow he didn't, like you said, Carol and Susan yes. would have known. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, same. That that always gives me the same anxiety of like, no, I need resolution. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you yeah. can't you can't end on this. Yeah. Because the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode does not end with a shot of like the asylum, right. there, you know, the like whatever would be comparable. Um, I've been like, okay, so this is the real world. What's happening in Agents of Shield is the real world, and they were yes. just trying to trick Coulson into thinking that it wasn't. Did Joss Whedon do Agents of Shield? His brother did. Oh, okay. Um, I don't actually. Was jo- Joss might have? Let me see if Joss was involved at all. Because because if I he did remember. the same episode again. Hmm. Okay. Oh, okay, I lied. It was created by Joss Whedon, Jed Whedon, and Marissa, I don't quite know how to say her last name. I'm going to probably butcher it, and I'm sorry. Tinkeron? Tinkeron? Okay. Um, who I believe is Jed's wife, um, and is going to be in an episode in the next season that I'm excited about. She's just fun. Oh, that's cool. Um, I don't know how much he was involved by then. Okay. That's fair. I just, it... Because I've, I've always thought of this as Jed's show. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know how much he was involved by that time, but it's definitely very similar to the episode of Buffy. Like, it's it's, it's 100% someone trying to convince a character that this is not right. real, right. that none of this is happening, and your brain is doing all of these things the right. way that they tried to convince Buffy. And also, like, that episode, because um, her mom's still alive, which is like, I'm sorry... At the age of 20, I can't argue that at the age of 33, if, like, my mother was dead and I got, like, told that there's a world where she was alive, I wouldn't be like, yeah, okay, I want to be in that one. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, Dawn's She's alive, not... your parents are together and happy. Yeah. It's important. And it's like, like, Dawn's not real, and Dawn flips out, and I'm like, honey, you also know you weren't real six months ago, right? Like, of course you weren't real in the other world. Like, it's okay. It's okay. But, like, I get why she flips out. Yeah. Because for a teenager to have to come to terms with not just your normal teenage angst, but coupled with, I'm not real. I wasn't here until six right. months ago or whatever, until the monks made me. Like, that's hard to deal with. Yes. <laughs> and then your mom dies, and then your sister dies, and yes. then no one pays attention to you and how you're doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's hard. But I do like this bridge of someone who understands a lot of what Buffy's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that they bring back the coma and that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that uh, Faith is like, I don't know if you like me. We fight and then we make up. I don't know. Yeah. Is that when you're not doing that? I don't know how to feel. And yeah. it's like, yeah, no, I get it. And I like her views on sex, where she's like, being with another woman is incredibly intimate, which Mm -hmm. is why she's just like, I'll just be with men because I Mm -hmm. can be in control of that situation and don't have to be vulnerable. And I was like, damn. Yeah. That is, that is a lot of trauma, babe. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I was looking. Uh, Per wiki, the episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they try to, someone tries to convince Coulson that it's not real was not, it was written by Jed. Okay. Marissa and another guy, Jeffrey Bill, directed by Kevin. Okay. Tinker Owen. 
So I don't know how much. I really don't know how much Joss was involved with this show as it went on. Because by here, yeah, because also by this time we're in the fifth season. It was part. It was the hundredth episode, right? That this happened. Poor Um, But yeah. Yeah. I will also say one thing, another thing about this, uh, the fanfic, when it starts, when Wesley goes to tell Faith, the way he tells her that they need her, because he's mentioning the Hellmouth, it made me think there was going to be a new big bad for season right. six instead of Dark Willow. As we, So I was full on expecting some other catastrophe from the Hellmouth that didn't happen. And I was like, mm, yeah. OK, I, well, I mean, it is a retelling, but yeah. I do wish that somehow <clears throat> Tara could have been saved. Like, yeah, it like so much got rewritten in the best way. And it's like, do we have to lose Tara still? If you're going to keep Dark Willow, then yes. I, no, I agreed. Agreed. No. But yeah, it's just. Because I mean, uh, the big bad, like it can't really be the three. No, the trio, not. because they're not big enough. Like. They're really not, like, they're not. <laughs> What's funny, I did get a text from my sister, speaking of the three boys, um, mm-hmm. last night. She said she finally convinced her partner to watch, um, what did she say? Meg, I got Todd to watch season four through seven of Buffy. <laughs> the top five characters for him are Spike, Anya, Tara, Xander, and Willow, with Andrew in sixth. And I was <sighs> like, I have absolutely... Nothing against Andrew being in your top five. I think Andrew is a wonderful character, and yes. especially in his arc. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, but I don't agree with Spike and Xander being in that yeah. five. What the fuck? Yeah, I was like, oh, Giles isn't. Yeah. Oh, good point. Like I li- like, I like Spike as a bad guy. A hundred percent. He's like, I'm gonna murder the shit out of you. Yes. Love him as a bad guy. Um, Spike with a chip is interesting when he helps the the crew because like once he finds I find him hilarious the episode where he finds out that he can hit hurt demons and he's like all about it yes and wants to go demon hunting because it's the only thing the only beings he can actually hurt I love that um I have a hard time coming back from an attempted rape yes he did go get his soul but I can't then ship him and Buffy at that point because I don't know how you get over something like that it was very toxic between the two of them. I and like didn't finish season six because I think it was actually the Asylum episode was too much for me mm-hmm. the first time I ever watched it. And then re-picked it back up with seven. So I did not know about the attempted rape. And mm. so season seven Spike story on its own, mm-hmm. great. It's a great redemption arc. Yes and no, because Angel makes a comment. I think he makes it on his show on Angel when Spike comes back to his oh, show. Oh, he's a ghost? Or something. He's just like, yeah, he was miserable for a couple days and now it's fine. Like, Angel ate rats and was, like, living in sewers and just, like, and I don't know. He might have been worse than William the Bloody, but still. I know Spike had his time in the basement, but he was also being affected by the first evil. Right. So I would have thought there'd be more. But I understand why they didn't have time to do it, but I just would think there'd be more of him feeling real shitty. Yeah. The first also latches on to Angel mm-hmm. and, like, tries to get him commit suicide in a Christmas episode. Right. But by then, he's not living off rats true, in a sewer. True. But I just, like, like Spike <laughs> doesn't have a leg up at that point. I'm just like, eh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, 
it is very much a 90s ship mm-hmm. and pairing. And I think that yeah. uh, I will always be, honestly, I'm more Team Riley than I am Angel or Spike. <laughs> Which says a lot. Just because I find Angel and Spike to be toxic. And also, it's, remember, they're like 200 plus years older than her. Like, it's just weird. Riley is at least her age. He is boring, and he helps her recognize <laughs> that she can't date normal guys. And I think that is yeah. a very important thing because she is all about, especially those first four seasons, finding normalcy. Having a normal life. And being like, a normal teenager. Yep. Riley leaving is her accepting that she can't do a normal life. Yeah. Like, when I watch season six with how the characters are treating her, meaning, like, as we talked about, not really wanting to deal with what she's gone through, I can see why she turned to Spike and was just, yes. like, having... do. I can totally get that. I get that. Like, she's got to come Someone out of that darkness. Someone's giving her attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some kind of attention. Yeah. Um, and not he also like Faith did in the fanfic. He didn't walk on eggshells around her. It right. was a toxic form of it, but he didn't. Right. And like that, I think did help ground her. But she was also really living in those depressive feels, and like that was her way of hurting herself. Mm-hmm. And I and because she's feeling so guilty about about being upset that she was taken out of heaven, I see. I totally see why the character did that. But I can't. Yeah. <sighs> But there's also a very clear point where she starts to realize that she doesn't want to be in this dark place all the time. Yes. And that he understands he's not going to be with her if she's not. So he keeps trying to drag her back down. Yeah. And and I think that's why the finale works of her, like, realizing that she wants to be alive and be there for Dawn. And why season season seven, that opening of season seven, I really liked the last episode to that bridge to season seven. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way this is written with Faith bridges that quite a bit where it's mm-hmm. like Buffy admits that she's like, you ground me. I don't know if this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And instead Faith is like, okay, we keep trying to make it a positive. Yeah. And doing things like understanding that she was in a situation at Xander's wedding that could have destroyed what had set what they had set up because his parents were so triggering for her. So she just walks away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of which is the healthiest thing to do. Like, yeah, it probably would have like made Buffy feel better if she had stayed there, but Or at least told her why she was leaving. Yes. But it makes sense for her to leave. It totally makes sense. And I yeah. think it is one of the healthiest things that like mm-hmm. could have been done at all. Yeah. <sighs> Season four is my favorite of Buffy. And every time I watch it, I'm always like, are we just too hard on Riley? He was just Mr. Joe normal. (laughs) Like, he was what she needed at that time. Did he go and pay vampires to bite him in season five because he's being all angsty? And like, why aren't you talking to me and dealing with me when your mom's dying? Yes. I think season four Riley versus season five Riley. Yeah. He's too whiny. And I think that the problem is, is that, <laughs> that they part. take away the military side of him mm-hmm. and didn't know what to do with him. Like, yeah. I think that's entirely the thing is that they were like, yeah. oh, we made you too normal. And now you're boring. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, if that's all he knew at that point, that was going to be his career. True. The character, like the in, that, that like someone who's just suddenly ripped, that's ripped away 
what do you do with your life? Now, he is still fighting vampires and he's still doing his thing. But, like, what pisses me off the most is when he's upset with how Buffy's, like, not telling him everything about how she's feeling about her mom. Like, your mom having a brain tumor or was it a brain tumor? Yes. That was caused by the fact that your younger sister got created, like, so... Yes. They're, like, you don't get to say how your partner reacts to some news like that. Yes. You don't. You need to deal with it and be there for them as you can be. Then again, and, like, he is 22. True. I mean, the problem is he also looks third. Like, he looks the, older. <laughs> all of them look problem. older. And that's why, like, occasionally when people go off, I'm like, you need to You gotta remember, remember what you well, were like also- at 20 to 22. <laughs> there's also the episode... Um, at the bronze for Tara's birthday in season five mm-hmm. when her family comes and then we end at the bronze and Dawn is there and she says something about drinking and all, like how that's for losers because that's what you teach high schoolers and all of them look guilty. None of them are 21. This is the second <laughs> year of college. At right. most, you're 19 right. or 20. So how are we drinking? But because they're older, if you're not thinking about it in the context of where she is in school, yes, it makes sense because they, they're the actors are older. Yeah, <laughs> like if you think about it, like Buffy. So season four was freshman year. Mm-hmm. So season seven, she would have been a junior. It, yeah, I just like I, again. I was 21, 19 and twenty. Yeah, or twenty or yeah, because I was twenty one when I graduated. As a senior, whereas Jeez. others were 22. Because I was, I started school young. So I started college when I was 17. Yeah, I was. So yeah, junior year, I was 19 and 20, whereas the older half were 20 and 21. Yeah, I graduated a semester late and I graduated at 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I turned 23 shortly after. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> if you had been like, hey, your parents decided now you suddenly have to. My parents will never, like, I still don't think, like, technically, if both somehow my mother and stepfather died, I still don't think I'm technically the person who gets to step in as guardian of my almost 17-year-old siblings. Because, Mm. again, I'm only 33. I don't need 17-year-old siblings. (laughs) Or, like, wards. But I I just... (sighs) I, I, like, I, there's a lot of that show that like forgot I think how old Buffy was supposed to be. Yeah, and all of them. I, I'm I unless they've changed something. I'm the like so. My dad and my stepmom asked me a long time ago if I would be the one to basically if something happened like in their will to take care of my two youngest brothers who are now 21 and 16. Okay. Um. Unless they've changed something, it's still me, right? basically. So, like, I've had that thought over the years of, oh, my God, I don't know how I would handle it. I'd have to get it done. We might all just need to go to therapy. Like, yeah, especially if something happens, like, we definitely do. But I would also need to talk about that component of, oh, my God, now I have teenagers, you know. (laughs) So I totally get that she, like, they, none of them are parents. Like, they don't, they're not. have pets? Like, I know Will and Taro have a cat eventually, but, like... They had a cat, but the cat... If you remember, there's a time when Dawn says something about how she doesn't leave crossbows laying around. Not since that time with Miss Kitty Fantastico. So it's basically... Yeah. But we don't don't see it. So who knows how old... The other thing is, we don't even know how old Dawn was when that happened, because it essentially happens in their memories. Yeah. You know. It has to be old enough, though, because they got the cat... 
or just old enough to know it could have just been second season Buffy when mom finds out that she's a vampire slayer because yeah. in theory Dawn would have found out too there's just so much and it just I oh. kind of wish they would redo Buffy I don't necessarily want to reboot I'd love something more in the world but I I part of me is like reboot it just to fix this mm. I do. There's one thing that I noticed about this fanfic that I was like, okay, I'm on board. There's not a lot of Xander. No, there's not at all. <laughs> and it's so great. And like Xander still stands Anya up at the wedding. And yep. Um, and he, in theory, is probably still the one who saves the world. Probably. From, but... from Dark Willow. But we don't focus on that. No. We're not like, you know. Because Xander's Because, yeah. Him standing up Anya is so... Now, again, we can go back to how they're, like, 20. Yes. They are too young to be getting married. Yes. But to think that you don't owe that person an explanation or to, you know, maybe chat about the way you're feeling before you actually get to that day so they're not left standing there alone. Or when a demon comes and influences your thoughts, maybe you have the chat with her instead of just... Standing her over the altar? Maybe some, some communication. We've yelled about who he ends up with, right? Oh, I don't I don't know if we have, have we? Have, do you know who he ends up with? I mean, in the first the first set of comics that came out, how he ends up with Dawn. Yeah. No, like that yeah. goes all the way through, like they have kids. Nope. I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Reset. <laughs> right. Taking that right out of my memories. <laughs> yeah, I I enjoyed this because at the end of the day, like, it's, you know, Spike versus Angel, blah, blah, blah. Like, I've always been, like, a Buffy Faith. I uh, always love Angel, though. And it's because I always had such a crush on the actor. Yes. I, I 100% acknowledge this. Had a cr- huge crush on him when the show aired. I'm rewatching Bones right now, and I'm just like, yeah, look at you. Like, yeah, David Boreanaz. Totally get it. agree. Totally agree. <laughs> I, I loved Angel. I honestly love season seven, Buffy and Spike. Um, it is hard to swallow now that I've actually watched season six all the way through, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I also like that the discussion of obsession versus love when it comes to Spike, like, does he actually love Buffy yeah. or is he just obsessed? Yeah. And I have always been <laughs> a Riley apologist because I think he's so necessary. Yeah. Um, I think he, he told, he's a hundred percent necessary. And I think we're a little hard on him. Yes. I do. I do think we're a little hard on him. Minus the parts, the things that I said where I have huge problems. Season with four. The right. Shitty way he's acting. <laughs> yeah. I do love season four in general. Yes. Like I do. That's my favorite season. It's my favorite Halloween episode. Yes. I, I know what people say. I enjoy the beer bad episode. I find it fun. It is fun. <laughs> like, I know a lot of people hate it, but I like seeing Buffy just. It is fun. I do like the whole discussion of Buffy as a lens of like how dudes view women and like you know it is the first time she has sex Mm -hmm. it's a problem the first time she drinks there's a major problem it's a problem like that i don't love but other times she drinks it's a problem when she gets drunk with spike in season six yes and the kitten poker yes it's also a problem like uh, yeah um also the defeating of adam is always that he's my favorite defeating of, of, of the season big bad but I do like, if anybody is going to understand what Buffy goes through, it's Faith. Yep. And yep. so, the like, at the very least, I, I do actually like how the show 
brings them together, they have some kind of, like, by the end of season seven, they may not like each other, but at least they've become friendly enough that, like, Mm -hmm. they probably drive each other nuts and can't be in the same room together for too long. But I could also see, like, knowing that and also being like, I got to call Buffy because, I get like, who else is going to understand this fight I just had? Yep. I feel like it becomes Angel and Faith. I don't know if they actually end up together, but I think that, like... Well, there's the Angel and Faith comics, because they understand each other with their whole, I got things to repent for thing. Yeah. You know? Um, I wonder how, like, season seven would have been if this had been our real season six with Faith being involved, because this this fanfic ends with the two of them having the visions of the potentials in trouble. So Xander might still have an eye because they might have been able to work together as co-leaders and planned a little better for things. I, I agree. I think that season seven, because a lot of season seven is Buffy trying to get control and a lot of people being like, um, why should we listen to you? And having Faith by her side being like, no, I'm sorry. You're not going to, who else are you going to listen to? Right. Do you, you potential slayers don't know what the fuck you're up against, yeah. quite frankly. Like you almost, all of you almost got murdered. Right. Maybe listen to the person in the, or in this case, people who saved you from getting murdered. I think it would have been solved a lot quicker and probably yeah. not destroyed half the <laughs> town. Because like, well, I could see Faith and Buffy disagreeing about how to handle things, but they've been mm-hmm. in a relationship long enough by this point that they're like, we will disagree in private. It is a united right? front. Yes. hundred percent. Just like parents need to be. Yes. That's totally how they'd be with yes. the potential slayers. <laughs> <laughs> and like Dawn being on board, I don't know. I just all around, it would have been handled so much better. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, are you gonna read more fanfic? I think so. I do think so. I'm I'm curious to see some crossovers. I'm curious as now. I'm like, what Agents of Shield fanfic oh, do we have? Be a ton. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What I love about Archive of Our Own is that you can download. I think it's PDFs is what they end up being. And you can put them oh. on your e-reader. <gasps> so. Oh, didn't um, know that. <laughs> when I was reading the Divergent series, it was right before my trip to Yellowstone five or six years ago. And knew I wouldn't have service. So I had a couple books. I had a ton of fanfic. I had Supernatural and Divergent fanfic. And okay. it's probably still all on my. But yeah, like it just. Nice. The one problem that I have with the Goodread Challenge is that mm-hmm. fanfic doesn't count towards that. So, mm. which keeps me reading books, yeah. which, you know, mm-hmm. is great. But I read so much fanfic. Yeah. And I miss it. Yeah. There's some things that George and I are debating from season five of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where I'm like, maybe. Well, actually, no, it's literally one thing that I would change. <laughs> the, as we were talking, the surgery without consent. Yes. I was like, maybe I should write a fanfic of that. But I'm like, I would probably just change it where she would say, yes, do it. And then everything else unfolds the same way. <laughs> well, maybe not everything. Maybe not but everything. That, that one little thing. I I don't know. I, I think writing one shot fanfics are a lot of fun. I wrote one of. George and uh, Luna. Oh, okay. Because I don't remember oh, yes. who put that in my mind. But, like, of course, the, like, one person who's going to be able to sit with George and let him get through his grief. Yes. Is, you sent that to me. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I've definitely, like, written more one-shots with them. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I it, you find a pairing you like and... <sighs> 
I have one that's like a massive crossover of supernatural Gilmore Girls, Chuck, <laughs> and Veronica Mars, which was way that's, too ambitious. But that's a lot. Um, I don't know. I I. I like it. I think it's a lot of fun to play with characters that are developed already. Yeah. If you're getting back into writing or whatever and, you know. I'm going to do one of uh, Endgame where Hawkeye is the one who rightfully dies. Please. Yes. <laughs> we just rewatched episode seven of Sweet Home, which is a Korean drama. Highly recommend if you like horror stuff. And there's a scene where they save this little girl and it's a bunch of women like pulling this mm-hmm. to pull the girl in. And I just remember being like, ha, better scene than Endgame. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it didn't feel forced. Yes. And it was also not, it was missing someone. Yes. I don't like Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> but Black Widow should have been. If you're going to do that hero shot of yes. all the women, she should have been there. And who the fuck cares about Hawkeye? I've not met one person no. that does. The so. <laughs> only benefit of Hawkeye still being alive is that we are going to get the Hawkeye show, which gives me Kate Bishop, who I love. Hmm. Okay. And yeah, but like, that's literally it. That is my only argument for why I'm okay with Clint still being alive. Because... They did everything, everything leading up to why Clint should die. Yes. Yes. <sighs> Any last thoughts on this fanfic? No, I'm so glad you read some fanfic and I can't <laughs> wait. I really hope. Me uh, too. I'm going to find the Harry Potter one I love and be like, hey, you should read this. Send away, please. Yes. <laughs> So before we get into what we're doing next for our challenge, what are you reading next that is not for the podcast? So I am either going to... Let me open up this. I have some arcs of some really great things that are coming out. So I'm hoping to get through one of those. I have the new Riley Sager book, and then I have the third book of a series. I'm not guaranteed to read one of those. Um, those are what I'm hoping I get through. However, I will say, did, have you read or watched the series You? No, but I've heard of it. Okay. So I read the books years ago. Um, actually, Tim and I read them because they're so much fun. Um, and oh, the guy from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Is it George? The bartender who like leaves after a couple oh, seasons. Oh, uh, yes. Um, Greg. Greg. Yes. So the actor that plays him reads the audiobooks. I love him. It's so good. He's such a good singer. Uh, so the newest one came out, You Love Me, which is book okay. three or four of this series. So I'm either going to do that or book three of the Diviners. Oh, nice. Okay. Depending on how far uh, uh, Tim is in book two of the Diviners. Gotcha. I will hold off there, but... but Do you know if um, Ali finished the second book of the Diviner series? I don't. I know he said that the second one came in. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I am avoiding asking questions or anything because I don't want to accidentally spoil anything. Gotcha. (laughs) Well, if you do ask him, don't ask him in the group chat because I have not. (laughs) No, trust me. You're good. You're good. What are you going to tackle while uh, between podcasts? So it depends. I decided to get Arsenic and Adobo by Mia P. Menensala from Book of the Month. Um, 
But when I did it, I got a message that due to like an unusually high demand for this book, it wasn't going to ship right away. So it should be shipping or it did ship and should be arriving sometime either this week, I think. Oh, good. So it finally shipped. So if it gets here in enough time for me to do it, I want to do that one because it's basically her um, ex-boyfriend is a nasty food critic and he suddenly drops dead after a confrontation with her and there she's the prime suspect. And so it's like a whodunit because she got a clearer name. I'm here for this. Um, if that doesn't come in time, then I'm going to do another book of the month that I have sitting, that I have sitting on my shelf, The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. Okay. Um, I don't fully remember exactly what it's about, but A, it has a beautiful cover. cover. Such a good cover. (laughs) And I picked it partly because of that, and that it was basically that a female apothecary, um, or I have the Goodreads summary, secretly dispenses poisons to liberate women from the men who have wronged them. And I'm very much here for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I saw it. It's going to be one of those two. I saw it pop up on Book Talk. Like, I knew it existed because it was a gorgeous cover. My book of the month mm-hmm. is still uh, currently suspended. I think it mm-hmm. reopens this, this either at the end of this month or it's next month. I may just go ahead okay. and redo it this month. Anyways, because I want both of these books, um, mm-hmm. because The Lost Apothecary has such a beautiful cover, and apparently it mm-hmm. has a ton of twists and turns. Um, oh, okay. And then the other one is being compared to Knives Out, which is, just makes it even better. <gasps> yes. Like, it also does have a very beautiful, vibrant color, it, too. It, yes. It's a <laughs> wonderful cover. Um, I love whodunits, um, especially if they've got a good twist. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, all of this is just lining up wonderfully. <laughs> nice. So I am I am here for both. Yeah. Or either or. Yeah. Hopefully the mail gets to me quickly with that one. But if not, I have a good backup yeah. that I need to read because it's sitting on my shelf. I am currently reading one of my book of the month, like, uh, Deadly Education, mm-hmm. which is uh, was like one of the most hyped books. And it is by an author that I like, uh, Naomi Nokovich. I think that's her name. Um, I'm in just started chapter three. The first two chapters are so info dumpy for like 40 mm. pages that I am at the point where I'm like, if this has any info dumping, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. It's supposed to, it's like a dark wizarding school where like the school may be trying to kill them the whole time and like they're just trying to get out. I don't quite like the vibe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. So nice. All right, so in two weeks for our challenge, we're the challenge is to do a fat positive romance, and we're going to be doing If the Dress Fits by Carla de Guzman, and we're actually going to have a guest for this episode. We're going to have Maddie Limerick from Saturday Morning Confidential, which is another podcast on our network. He's going to be here to chat with us about some romance. Yeah. We're excited. <laughs> It'll be good. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Awesome. So where can people find you? Uh, oh, God. Um, let's see. <laughs> so I co-host Minds at Yerk, um, which is a Animorphs uh, reread podcast. I also co- barely co-write. I feel like saying co-write means gives me a lot more credit than it actually is. I help out Julie um, with writing sporadic fandoms, uh, which is an audio drama that takes place in the Animorphs world, but updates it. It is fantastic if you like anything like serial or documentaries uh this is a wonderful mockumentary about cults um 
And also, I am the host of Knives Out Minute by Minute, the week that this comes out, which is a podcast I forgot I do <laughs> until I got back. <laughs> Woo! For, like, because I recorded them so long ago, but it is, oh. it is great. It takes uh, a minute by minute look at Knives Out and breaks it up one minute an episode. It is a lot of fun. Um, nice. So yeah, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me here. Also, Knives Out is totally a movie I need to see again because yes. I only saw it in theaters. Want to watch it again? Um, but you can find me here on all of our on JBC, um, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media at JBC Podcast. Uh, my Twitter is escortez one two five. I'm trying to use it more. Yeah, mm, it's being somewhat successful. <laughs> um, <laughs> And don't forget, we are members of the Certain Point of View Network. Um, you can check out CertainPOV.com to find more nerdy podcasts, including Saturday Morning Confidential, the podcast that our um, guest for next time um, is the host of. Um, you can also find a link to um, our Discord on that website and chat with us there. And yeah, feel free to join us in two weeks with If the Dress Fits. Um, very excited. And in the meantime, don't forget to keep supporting your local libraries and independent bookstores. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.